Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, promotional products and design. They cover your brand bumper to bumper with graphic design, promo products, and print. See what Dire Oil Graphics can build for you at direoil.com. That's D-Y-E-R-O-I-L.com. Welcome to Beers with Nigel. It's a podcast about beer and other stuff. And other stuff. And, or other things. I'm Nigel. Next to me is the Nick Parker. I say hello, Nick. I don't know where the the came from. Well, I feel like now I have expectations. And you I, know my I, life is about avoiding expectations. Well, I think our guest might have called you, oh, the Nick Parker. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll take that. Let's welcome to the show uh, Brian Busby, Busby from Channel 9 and all sorts of other things around Kansas City. How are you doing, Brian? I'm fine. How are you? We're, we're lovely. Thanks for coming on, man. It's, uh, we've uh, been, we know for you, it's a, it's a challenge that you work weekdays and we normally record yeah. on weekdays. So, Right. I feel out of place, though, because it's Nick and Nigel and I'm with a B, Brian, you know, so it's like. Well, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Is it too late in your career to change your name? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's funny is people ask me, is Brian Busby my real name? Because I guess it sounds like a stage name to some people. And so if I'm going to, like, mess with them, I'll say, actually, I am Jewish. My last name is Barney Bluffnaven. And we decided <laughs> to change it to something that's only 10 letters long so it could fit at the bottom of the screen. And some people are like, wait, yeah, hold on. So for, like, a nanosecond, they yeah. got into it. Are, are stage names a thing in the uh, meteorologist world? Not just meteorology, just in, in broadcasting in general, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I consider you a step above the other TV people. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, if, if, if you have a, an odd last name, they may want you to use your middle name, you know, or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's out there. Quite a few. You know, my, my, I won't mention names, but there right. are a couple in the market. <laughs> I've had two radio names. My original radio name, radio name in college was Charlie Wood for some reason. <laughs> that seems like that was a bad night of drinking. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't name. know. Yeah, and well, then, and then when I became an actual professional on the radio, Nigel Knight was ooh. was the was the uh, shout that's, out. That's strong. Yeah, yeah. She, well, that, that. Charlie Wood would be like Woodchuck. Pretty last much. Last name first, first name last. <laughs> Woodchuck. You know. I don't know. It sounded cool at the time. It was it was, it was a jazz station. So Charlie okay. Wood. Okay. All right. Know, yeah. yeah. But anyway. So, Brian, we could, you know, sure, truly, we we could. You're not just a weather man or a meteorologist. If if you if you're going to have to explain who Brian Busby is, how would you describe yourself? Wow, um, I've been called a Renaissance man, which is kind of weird. It's almost like being called the Nick, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, weather was a love of mine and became part of my life in third grade, and I want to be. I just want to explain why I was so afraid of thunder. I want to know what caused it, you know? And so the only job I knew of knowing about weather was the guy I saw on TV, a gentleman by the name of Dick Goddard, who I grew up watching in Cleveland, Ohio, which is where I'm from. And just to show you that 2020 has sucked this year, my mentor, <laughs> Dick Goddard, at the age of 89, died of COVID back in Oh, July. damn. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it does exist. It is real, you know? But it was that in third grade that I said, yeah, I want to be on TV. But, you know, back when I was in third grade, there weren't that many people of color on television. So. Zero, probably. Uh, one, he was an, uh, a reporter as opposed to an anchor or a sports person or a weather person. Gotcha. And um, he still 
he didn't care. You know, he saw this kid was interested and passionate about wanting to know what caused thunder. And so in the late 60s, he invited me down to the station. I went there from third grade through 12th grade once a year to go down to the station. And I was toying between that and music. You guys know I'm into music as well. And uh, I was either going to be a classical musician playing in an orchestra or a TV meteorologist. And I remember finally deciding I want to be a TV meteorologist. So I went to him and I said, you know, thanks for being so nice to me all these years. You've been very, very helpful. I decided to go into TV meteorology. How can I pay you back? And Mr. Goddard had a very odd sense of humor, very wry sense of humor. So he said, well, if you're lucky and you get in this business, some young man or some young lady will probably call you five minutes before you're due on set and ask you questions. And then he stared at me. <laughs> and it took me a minute for the light bulb to go off. Did I do that to you? Yeah. <laughs> and so he just said from that moment on, just pay it forward. So my interests are meteorology, music, and one of my hobbies is uh, doing, you know, voice acting, which is kind of fun. Right. Being uh, like a voice for cartoons and stuffed animals and that sort of thing, which is kind of cool. So now we can hear the contractors working now. Yes. <laughs> I'm knocking back Hold there. <laughs> hey, there they are. There they are. Getting, getting some deck, deck work there. Yeah, That's a nice yeah. deck. Thank you. Well, I've been told. But anyway, um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd say those are probably my biggest three interests, meteorology, music, and, and I guess humor and doing voices, which is kind of fun. Do you have, do you have any characters that you do? Um, well, I mean, I do imitations of the more uh, established characters, like um, the one that they make me do on Dana and Parks, if you listen to them on KMBZ. Yeah. For some odd reason, Scott Parks loves my Cartman. Oh, really? Can you give us a little <laughs> bit? Yeah, I'm going him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. That's awesome. You know, yeah, that's, I, I, I like that. Three semesters of calculus and I'm doing Cartman. <laughs> um, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. I can do SpongeBob as well. You know, bah, bah. that's amazing, Patrick. Um. Anyway, those are just a couple. <laughs> and probably my my closest claim to fame was a friend of mine who's out in L.A. was friends with the lady who was the number one um, recruiter for Disney. And so there was the movie The Emperor's New Groove. Have you ever seen the movie? Yeah. The yeah. Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Yeah. And Yzma was played by Eartha Kitt. And then, right. of course, they did the, the, um, the spinoff on television, The Emperor's New School, on Saturday mornings, cartoon. And uh, when Eartha died, they were looking for a replacement for Eartha Kitt. And I made it to the top three, from what I understand. Really? <laughs> Crump, this is kind of important. Who feel the power. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I thought it would have been fun for me to be sitting in my one of my rooms in my house, you know, in boxers on a speakerphone with right. the producers out in LA doing Yzma. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> so so yeah. what, at what point as a kid well, did you figure out you could do voices? <laughs> Third grade. Uh, no, fourth grade. I'm sorry, fourth grade. Um, there was, because my voice was higher back then, and uh, one of my best friends just kept taunting me and messing with me, so... I talked like Mrs. Mack, who's a librarian, and I probably can't do her voice now because my voice is lower, but I called my best friend, Miles, and told Miles to meet me out in front of the school before school because he was in trouble 
because he didn't turn in a library book. Now, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and this was the winter. <laughs> so poor Miles is out there in like 18 degrees and seven inches of snow, just shivering. And Mrs. Mack drives up and he's like, you know, did you want to see me? And she's like, what are you talking about? So like, you know, 15 years later, I finally told him that was me. And he said, ooh, yes. <laughs> the things you could get away with in the ages before caller ID. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is true. And I mean, now this is like the Jetsons. You know, you can actually see each other while talking, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. right. That, that, that's really, that's, I never thought about it like, like that. But you're right. The Jetsons had this, didn't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had the watches we could, you know. Right. Specter gadget or whatever. So you're, you know, you've told me this story before, but you're, you know, I worked in television. I worked for a bunch of different stations. Mm-hmm. You haven't worked very many places. <laughs> Tell us how, where yeah. you started and how you ended up with Channel Nine. I, I was blessed to only been in two markets, both in Missouri, St. Louis and Kansas City. Those are the two markets I've worked in, and uh, I was a freshman at St. Louis University, working on my meteorology degree. And uh, my college roommate, you guys know, Fox Sports Joe Loria, oh, that's right. and I were college roommates. We were the only two who wanted to go into broadcasting in the whole department, so we kind of gravitated to one another. But freshman year at St. Louis U, they were just now starting weekend news, because believe it or not, way back, you know, way back <laughs> in the 70s and the 80s, they did not have news all seven days a week, Right. at least local. On the weekends, because of staffing, they would go to the network, and the network news would suffice, and that was it. Well, they had the weekend news, 15 minutes worth, with Tom Gerald, who was the anchor back then on ABC. They were deciding to do a local version. So they had one of their reporters anchor, and they had their sports reporter anchor on the weekends, but they had no weather person. So my news director at the time was a gentleman who was one of the writing staff of the Smothers Brothers comedy show from the 60s. And his, (laughs) his brother was the lead anchor. And uh, let's just say he um, liked snow on a little piece of uh, glass. <laughs> you get it. Right. So yeah. out of his mind and without him thinking about it, he said, well, just put this 17-year-old kid on there. So they worked with me to get me up to doing it. But, you know, St. Louis is a big market, and they expect a certain amount of proficiency. So people were like, get this guy off the air. He doesn't know what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. You know, at 17, I thought I was very good, and I was very, very bad. And so they took me off. They sent me to a talent coach, and they put me back on mm, about seven months later. And so I've worked KTBI in St. Louis, KPLR in St. Louis, KMBC in Kansas City. So that's great. I've been here 35 years. That's just crazy. Years. I know. I, right. I mean, that's, 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 that's kind of unusual in, in television news these days. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. But you know what it is about broadcasting, especially is once you buy into one of us, especially weather people, we stick around for a while. Sports, about sports casters come and go and right. anchors come and go. Right. But uh, the news people at least of the three different tiers, the meteorologist is around for a while. I mean, you know, that's, that's true. Mike, yeah. Mike Thompson, before he just retired, been here for years. Gary yeah. Lisek has been here for a while. Gary yeah. Hamill's been here for a while. Joe yeah. Corey's been here for a while. I've been here for a while. So, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's unheard of. And people, when they start to do the math saying, I've been here for 35 years, they say, well, did you start when you were six? <laughs> 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 well, not quite. 
Yeah, you're you're pretty young when you started, though. That's pretty unusual oh, yeah. to get a, a gig at 17. I, I was yeah, 17 in St. Louis. I got here, and people asked, you know, what the year I started. I started the week after the victory parade for the Royals, the first go round in '85. Wow. So I started November 5th or 6th of 1985. Now I was going to start grad school. So I was in my low 20s when I first got here. There you go. And we're recording this in late November, early December. And my birthday is December 8th. So yeah, there you go. Well, happy birthday. You know, thank you. <laughs> thank you. What's, I'll be what's, 40 what's... with a few years experience. What, what what are some changes that you've seen? Like, I mean, just even not just in Kansas City, but like things that you've seen in the last 30 years, 35 years. That's, I guess, just as the as a constant on the television in people's homes every night. Well, you know, probably in the old days when I first got on television, you'd have to have a human remote control. You know, get up and change the channel, son, you know, <laughs> as opposed to remote. Right. So it was one extra step to get rid of me. That way. <laughs> um, you know, with the advent of cable, you know, at one time when I first got into the, the business, or at least got here in Kansas City, there were only four or five choices. You know, think about Labor Day weekend. The Jerry Lewis Labor Day telethon was huge yeah. because you only had four choices. You know, the other three networks, including PBS, but now you've got ESPN 1 and 2 and Showtime and Hulu and all these other things that can take away from watching Charo at 1.15 in the morning on the Jerry Lewis <laughs> Telephone. So, I mean, a lot's changed in that regard. As far as weather is concerned, I mean, we used to have magnets on a, you know, one right. map. Yeah. And right. now, the first computer graphics system I remember working on only had eight colors. Ooh. <laughs> it was a Commodore 64 that they converted into a weather graphics system. And then I moved to an Apple, ooh, which only had 16 colors. And now, you know, we stand there in front of moving and 3D, and it's just amazing in that regard. And of course, I'd say the technology's changed too, in that people's expectations. In other words, when I first got into broadcasting, if I said it was going to rain and it rained, you say, oh, he's right. But now you guys ask questions like, okay, how much? And what time is it going to start? What time is it going to stop? All right, what's the percentage? And <laughs> yeah, and will it impact my daughter's soccer game? Right. 115th and null. Right. You know, so you want it down to so Your street, right. <laughs> Draw and, the path the, of the storm. Yeah, exactly. And, and the science has not evolved that well, honestly. You know, it, when it comes to tracking a tornado, yes, we can do that. But to say eight days from now that at 105th in state line between 215 and 245, you'll use your integrated windshield wipers. <laughs> but people want that. People expect that. And, you know, the proverbial, I wish I could have a job where I could be wrong half the time. And, still <laughs> and people just don't give us enough credit because we're right more than people give us credit for. Because right. you don't remember all the times you were right. You just remember, ah, remember last 4th of July when blah, 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 blah. Well, if you got to go all the way back to two or three years ago for 4th of July to find the last time that you remember right. that I missed it like big time, and then what does that say about all those other times in between? So, anyway, now, there used so, to be, wasn't that's there? That's why my therapist is on speed. <laughs> wasn't there at one was point that's the, the uh, on speed dial. <laughs> the the busby guarantee at one point didn't you have a little graphic for a while yep 
And we did that for a lot, a lot of years. And uh, new bosses came in and thought it was kind of hokey, but I thought it was great because it still emphasized the fact that I am right and I am <laughs> Then people give me credit for it. And so I use the, the tongue-in-cheek thing because people think we're throwing darts. So I thought of a graphic that people can relate to. And it was funny because what we would do is if I was right, nothing. If I was wrong, we'd give somebody 99 bucks right. because we were channel nine, $99. Right. Well, we decided, I talked my boss into it at one time to do a progressive. And that for every day I'm right, add just not, not, not 99, but for easy math. No, I think we did 99. For every day I'm right, put $99 in a kitty. And then when I am wrong, draw the name and that person wins whatever the kitty's up to. Wow. No, I take that back. I think it was 90 a day because the, the prize was 1980 bucks, And we were doing it for a whole month, ratings. Right. And, <laughs> right. You know, Monday through Friday, four times a week, that was 20 opportunities. So 20 times the 90 would get you up to that figure. And for some odd reason, the front moved through quicker and I missed it by eight degrees. <laughs> and so that person got a check for $1,980 and my boss thought I did it on purpose and I didn't. But the thing that happened, the thing that happened was it was such a, a groundswell of talk and Dick Wilson on Oldies 95 and Randy Miller on Q104 and all these morning disc jockeys were talking about. Right. That's free advertising. That's oh, free absolutely. Publicity. And so they would have me on their morning show and say, Hey, you're up to so-and-so you've got it 14 days in a row. And you can't buy, you know, that sort of advertising and that yeah. sort of publicity much anymore. So I'd love to bring it back. And who knows, maybe we can, you know. But it was fun to do. I'm, I'm surprised you remember that, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> like, there are two things that I, that I remember. Uh, that and uh, the pendulum. Ah, yes. And I still talk about pendulum. the pendulum. The, the, the pendulum of how our weather changes here all the time. Yeah. There was a, there was words, a graphic of it swinging through the screen. <laughs> yeah. In other words, especially like this time of year, remember not too long ago when we recorded this, it was like 70 degrees. And then about two or three mornings goes down to 24. Right. Well, if the normal high temperature is 45 and the normal low is 25, if you're going to be in the 70s, that means we're going to have to swing back the other direction just to make the math work out. Right. Which is why I know in five or six days, we're probably going to be back into the 20s. That's what it is. It's just... Uh, a simple way to, to tell people that we get some huge temperature swings in this part of the country. And the atmosphere is kind of elastic. If you see a balloon and you push down on one end of the balloon, the other end of the balloon goes up. And that's the same thing with weather. If the West Coast is hot, we're going to be cool. Right. If the West Coast is cool, we're going to be hot because there's only so much weather to go around the planet. And, and so the other analogy I use is sometimes the swings are huge, like Nick was talking about. Then all of a sudden, they just kind of get closer and closer to one another. Have you ever seen a coin that you put on the or uh, hubcap when it goes, woo, 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 then it, it speeds up until right. finally, same thing with the weather. It can go real wild at first, and then all of a sudden, the changes get closer and closer to one another. And that hubcap finally just settles onto the ground. And the other thing I used to do with the guaranteed forecast, we played Sir Thomas Dolby Science. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yes. Um, one of the things we do on this podcast, you know, um, much like you, Nick is not very not well versed in beer, really, but he knows enough to be dangerous. But every show, yeah. as I as I've told you, 
we have mystery beer. So it's time for Nick's first mystery beer. So what do we got? Break out the stolen bag. So this bag is legendary. It's from some golf course in, in Kansas City. We don't know which one. Okay. But it was procured by a buddy of mine. We just, uh, Shout out to Tony Medina. Circa 1991. Yeah, here's your first mystery what do we beer. Got we keep it classy with the brown paper bag. Um, we were told by our guest last week, Melissa, in, in England, she said, no, that that's not classy. So, But we still do it. They don't do the bag, she said. They don't do the bags. Yeah. That's an American thing. Right, yeah. What do we got here? Usually with Muscatel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. If you're, drink, if you're drinking that. <laughs> or Mad Dog. That's more like it. Whoa. We got you know, I got uh, hold on. I got to interrupt you guys. Okay. Because I'm I'm talking to you on my my smartphone here, and it's a small picture. Uh-huh. I thought you guys were in two separate rooms when I saw you reach across. <laughs> <laughs> so we are coming at you from uh, our studio at Bridge Space in Lee Summit. This is the old uh, post office vault. Oh, okay. Yeah. That when it was when a, a friend of ours re- bought and redeveloped into a co-working space, he turned the vault into a podcast studio that I use. Nice. So, so nice. we are we are locked in a vault. Well, locked is loosely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. We we got there, Nick. Uh, Prairie Artisan Ales. This is a slush sour ale with strawberry, raspberry, lemon, and lime. Junior, is that mm-hmm. enough? That would that's something you would probably like, Brian. Yeah, um, you know that's close to my what. Busby Fujita scale. Ales. Yes, the one, two, and three. Yes. Um, oh, what? What? And actually, I don't know if Tony told you he added coconut, so there are four. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have that one. I poured it and it blew. So yeah, it wasn't canned, obviously. Yeah, yeah it was one, to one day. That was but a, on Sunday, it was quite good. What are the what were the fruits on this one again, please? Oh, oh, oh. you're spilling it there, buddy. Strawberry, raspberry, lemon, <laughs> and lime. Wow, that's interesting. Well, hold on. One, one, of our, one of our favorite listeners, uh, Junior. Shout out to Junior. Junior. We we have to tell him what we drink so he knows. Oh, we're getting we're getting the tour. Uh, so I'm Junior, going... I'm drinking Retro Brew from Second Shift out of St. Louis. By the way. So no, there they are. Oh, you still have some. You, nice. You, you got a stockpile. Yes. That's the fanciest wind shift uh, label I've seen. Label. Yeah, that's nice. How many of those good- have have you gotten and given away? <laughs> oh my gosh, um, about five or six different six packs. Is that right? Yeah, and I still have my original Comet Tsunami, which was shout good. Out to, too. Shout out to Tony. Yeah, it's good stuff. <sighs> yes. Did you notice there was nothing else in the refrigerator <laughs> besides beer? <laughs> exactly. Well, there's some leftovers there. You know, from, from- <laughs> From Turkey Day, so that should tell yeah. people when that's that's pretty but tasty, Nick. That's pretty tasty. I think yeah. I think uh, you would probably like this, Brian. Brian I, I question well, for you, really Brian. Good. Yeah, um, the whole what's what's your what's your? I kind of want to jump to your music thing, but we can talk beer first. What 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 was your introduction to beer? What do you remember? What your first beer was when you were growing up? Oh my God, um, my first beer. Let me think now. I'll, I'll tell you what it was. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and Dad was having a beer, and I think Dad wanted to make sure that I would not like beer. <laughs> so it was a, it wasn't Pepsi Blue Ribbon, it was Carling Black Label. Oh, oh, Carling, old school. Yeah. I think that's British, yeah. too. I think it's British. Yeah. And uh, he said, you want to taste it, son? I'm like, sure, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old, were you, were, like how old were you, think? 
I was probably about ten. So when you when 10. you so when you became of uh, legal drinking age, did you drink beer at all or? Um. Yeah, I did. This is in St. Louis, so it's Anheuser Busch. Right. Vermont. Yeah. It was Michelob. It was Michelob. Okay. Okay. That's not. Um, I mean, I'd say that before they called it craft. That was part of craft because that was kind of the that was premium beer. Right. Yeah. Remember, yeah, it had, yeah. The, had the foil I mean, on it. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I tr- I did Bud, and before Bud Light came out, I did Budweiser, but I, for some reason, I like Michelob better. I, and, I, uh, I'm I'm the same way. I grew up drinking a lot of Bud in high school. Then Michelob came out, and it was way more fancy. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean in high school then, you thought about drinking Michelob? No, I did. well, you have to understand when I was when I was in high school. I think it, I think it went from eighteen to twenty one at my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. So you could still kind of, you know, I was tall and had a deep voice. At sixteen, I could pass for eighteen and buy beer. So there you go. There you <laughs> I mean, go. I was I'm six two and I was six two back then in you know tenth grade. So hey, that worked, helps. worked out um, worked out pretty well. Then so. I would say when I was moving here one of the first places channel nine was down in the lyric theater building you knew yeah that, right? yeah and uh now they're converting that into a um was it ymca going downtown and um the quaff oh yeah, yeah. On, oh yeah hello and so my first <laughs> beer at the quaff my regular beer at the quaff was corona with a lime okay and maybe that's why I decided to go with, you know, like the citrus stuff in, in my right. PG to scale ale. Um, but no, I'm more of a mixed drink guy or a wine guy. Okay. Because um, one of my mentors is Spencer Christian, who used to be on Good Morning America. And if you remember back in 1998, I was one of the finalists for that job to right. be the network meteorologist on GMA. And Spencer was a souvenir. I mean, the man knows so much about wine. And so... When he's your mentor, it's like, okay, I'll learn. And so actually the room I'm talking to you from is kind of like my wine tasting, which is off my kitchen. See, that's the kitchen, which is where the uh, the uh, li- uh, the um, refrigerator was. But see, this is more my my wine tasting room. Gotcha. And I like reds more so than whites. So Syrah and Petit Syrahs are like my favorite. Same, same so, here. Same here. But then I got into vodka. <laughs> when they started doing flavored vodkas, you know, my go-to was Stoli Vanilla and Coke. Sounds good. And I had the first, time. yeah, <laughs> the first Stoli Vanilla and Coke. You know, you have your beverage. You're sitting there talking to your friends. And you're intelligent, talking about it. Well, I think that uh, we're probably going to see a good chance of rain and thunderstorms tomorrow. Second one, you're going. Uh, this is going to be pretty good. But the third one, you're like. Uh, <laughs> I was going to tell you for the show that I actually got paid to burp on command. And it's not really a burp. It's an imitation of a burp. Does that make sense? No. I'm not really (laughs) inhaling. Well, I'm not inhaling for trapped air. I'm actually just imitating the sound of a burp. So, (laughs) yeah. So, man, it's one of my claim to fame. So when people think I'm burp, I'm not. I'm not really just burping. I'm just imitating the sound of a burp. You're like a burp performer. <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing how how do you land that gig? You know, when you're talking to your agent and you're talking about your skill set, <laughs> how does that conversation come up? He's like, Brian, I've got this great opportunity for you. I, I, I forgot how it came through. And it wasn't through Pam, my agent for television. It was through a voice agent that I had locally in St. Louis. 
And uh, the other one was for a stuffed animal, they wanted a bark of a dog. Good. But not just a roof for a bark. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. But, if, 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 the, if the weather thing doesn't work out, I'm telling you, man. You can, there you go. <laughs> but you know what I think that is, is because of music. And I tell people that the voice is God's first instrument. Right. Even before the drum and anything else, it's the, right. vocal, it's the voice. And if you listen to any voice, you can tell the register, you know. Like, if you're going to do Goofy, you can't do Goofy real high. Right. Of course. <laughs> he's down here. Oh, Mickey's quite high, you know? So you have to know the register. So I guess when I was listening to a burp, it's lower. Right. And it's more guttural. And, um, or for example, all right, let me dissect. I did, <laughs> I did Cartman before. Now, you guys are probably too young to remember the show Fantasy Island. Oh, come oh, on, yeah. man. Of oh, course. Yeah. The plane. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Herbert Villachez was one of the first voices I learned to do, which is, yes, boss, they play. Yes, definitely, boss. And if you listen very carefully to Herbert Villachez and take out the French accent and take out the lisp, you get rid of the French accent and you get rid of the lisp, you've got Cartman. Eric Cartman is the same voice as Herbert Villachez without the lisp and the French accent. That's hilarious. <laughs> You know, everybody when we were kids wanted to imitate that voice, but I think you're the first one I know who can do it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. I mean, thank you, thank that was, and that was a great show. We're trust me, we're well. I'm older than Nick is, but yeah, I definitely remember that show. I'm still well, here. You know, I'm going to claim you it. know you know Ricardo Montalban with the uh, the Corinthian yes. leather, the, 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 the leather that wasn't Cordova. leather. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What's the name of the 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 car was the Cordova. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chrysler Cordova with the Corinthian oh. leather. <laughs> Yes, I remember that well. So, man, so, oh man. so, so back, going back to beer, let's talk about. Sure. Um, for those who don't know, Brian did uh, some beers at Windshift, uh, one of the places I work. How did that come about? How did you? How did you discover Windshift? Let's start with that. Okay. You know, well, varying stories. I've told several stories, but I, I want to hear. I want to hear from the from the horse's mouth. You, you might want to ask him later what stories he's telling about. <laughs> exactly. So, well, after Brian was. At the Greyhound bus terminal in the gutter. <laughs> After too many with stories. a paper bag of Muscatel. Talking like Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> and burping on command, but those are real. Um, no, what it was is uh, a couple of coworker friends of mine behind the scenes live out eastern Jackson County. And one of the guys is a guy by the name of Tony Simsack. And Tony's one of those Renaissance guys, even more so than me, but in a different arena. You know, I think I'm versed in the arts and music and that sort of thing, but he has his own um, pizza oven out in back, you know, one of those brick ovens. Yeah. He likes his wine and he likes his beer and he is good at all three. And he's one of those guys, he's one of those guys also who, you know, if you have a conversation with Tony, you're going to feel real stupid because, you know, certain words just don't come when I'm trying to describe cheese, but he'll come up for Well, it's more obsequious than when you have the, like, <laughs> so you're staring at him like, what? Long and short of it is he was telling me about this place in Eastern Jackson County, close to where we both live called Windshift. And he brought in a couple of beers uh, that were canned. And I think the tsunami was one of them, honestly. So it was really recent. And um, again, I'm not a beer guy, but I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I remember, going and finding out what the place was 
and uh, sitting down there. And I like smaller places. You know, being um, a public figure, I'm flattered when people know me, which is great. But there are just times I want to sit, talk, decompress. Right. And the the vibe at Windshift is so mellow, so chill. And so I remember going in there and being just intrigued by okra and corn and a beer. (laughs) (laughs) As as a lot of people were with that one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) So um, I was there. And I think uh, you weren't bartending the first night I was in there. Um, but I just, I thought it was a cool vibe. And then the name just intrigued me. And then I found out Lynn, Tony's right. wife, used to work for the National Weather Service, right. which is why all the beers or most of the beers have a weather connotation to it. Right. And so it just got to talking and I said, well, um, is it something that I could try to do? You know, and say, <laughs> sure. The other thing I liked was the fact that um, when you do the tastings, the they choose a chair they choose a charity and uh, one that was near and dear to my heart recently. I'm not going to say, not like, I'm not going to lie and say, Oh, I've known it for a while. Um, Dayton Moore, GM of the Royals has this charity called see you in the major leagues. And it is a charity designed for mentoring to get, you know, get the kids on the hook with baseball, but then bring in architects and lawyers and, doctors and other folks to get these kids thinking about other career choices. And there was a challenge going on Twitter where they would ask people, okay, who are your mentors? Who got you involved? And Lynn Jennings, our sports director, uh, challenged me and a couple other folks at Channel 9 to do it. And this was right in the shadows of my mentor, Dick Goddard, passing. And so I thought, okay, well, this is a charity I'd never heard of. It's not one of those big ones that you see a lot of publicity on. Right. And so I said, well, if I'm going to do the beer and we're going to name it with my name, then let me use my name to draw people in so this charity gets some love. And uh, it was just, it was a good fit. And uh, I'm glad I did it. So what was that like? Because, you know, obviously Tony's a great guy and he wanted you to drive the car. How did the, the, how did the flavors come about? How did you and Tony come to that because you know i'm talking to him he's like yeah i'm gonna make i'm gonna make him do all the work (laughs) well he did too he did i was you know and i wasn't prepared for that i pulled up in my limo and the entourage (laughs) came out first and um your personal photographer (laughs) yeah i was just a little shocked that i would actually have to get my nails dirty and and work (laughs) but no uh the the flavor profile again since i'm not a beer guy necessarily i didn't know what was off limits and what was not on limits or vice versa but then i think well if you've got okra and corn then maybe i'm good <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing nothing is out of the, out of, out of the i guess not so it's like yeah. you know pelican snot and arugula okay sure. <laughs> <laughs> i feel but, like i've covid world and all of the local brewers have just taught us there are no rules anymore i guess so <laughs> i know well, tony so, to teach you to that for sure I was thinking mimosas, you know, champagne, orange juice. But I also like pineapple orange juice. And I think that everybody's had at least Del Monte or some sort of pineapple orange. Right. Right. So then I thought from my mixed drinks, um, grenadine, which is a cherry derivative. So when I was trying to think of a third fruit on top of it, I said, well, let's put cherry on. And Tony told me in retrospect that he never thought about putting cherry in a beer at all. 
And so I asked yeah. him point blank, so were you being polite when I came up with these three goals? <laughs> oh, sure, man. That's a great idea. <laughs> when am I going to pull this off? But, you know, but you were there that night, and it looks like the one that was actually flying off the shelf more so when people were doing the mini flight right. was the one with the cherry yeah. on top. Yeah, they, they, all, they all turned out very well. How about that brew day? You came in, and I was like, Brian, you probably should not wear your your – well, <laughs> you had, had some vans on or something. I was like, you probably need some more, some better shoes than that. <laughs> and I had them in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. I got my boots. What, what, again, what, what was that like for you? Cause a lot of people have never experienced that, that brew day of how, how the sausage is made, so to speak. Well, I didn't know. I, I knew that grain had to be used for something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> had no idea that I was actually going to open up the bags, put it in the mill, and then funny, you made me taste it raw out of the yeah. bag. And I'm like, no, this is not like grape nuts. <laughs> <laughs> this is not even like barley. I have no idea what this is. But um, to go through the process of knowing what it is, it is an eye opener. I have a much better appreciation for it. Right. But it's like, you know, I'm not going to go to a slaughterhouse and see how the steak is prepared. I don't think I want to um, necessarily. But it was good to go through that to understand that, okay, that's what's involved with beer. So, yeah, going through, putting the, the, the grain in the mill, having it come out of the, the husk. Not the husk. What do you call it? The shells? Or? Yeah, husk is fine, sure. Okay, with that. there you go. Um, and then actually cooking it and stirring it and then getting rid of the, the, the uh, what, the mead? Uh, oh, yeah, the, the mixture the, rather. Yeah, what, yeah. I forget what you guys call the wart, it. The wart. Okay, and then Wart. that's used to make dog biscuits. Oh, oh, you're talking about the, the spent grain? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was good. I felt like I felt like I was like uh, one of the guys who work on the underbelly of Titanic <laughs> in the <laughs> boiler room, shoveling, shoveling coal into the. Yeah, shoveling. But I'm <laughs> this sounds like an all-day affair. It was an all-day affair. It was, and actually, a good friend of mine, Jason Richards, shot the whole process. And I'm going to put it on uh, my Facebook page, documenting what it was like and a little bit of the uh, tasting that night that went for the charity. And then just a debrief that I did with Tony afterward just to talk about it. But yeah, uh, and then you guys even made me go and put it in cans. And yeah, I never saw it. the process for canning it. Yeah. So, we we, we yeah. wanted to give, give you the full experience of, of working <laughs> yeah. at, at the brewery. So he did all exactly. that. He canned, he poured. <laughs> Do you want and, to do it uh, again? That's the big question. No. No. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I really do. Uh, I do. And Tony have already talked about a, the next flight we want to do. Because I guess they've got the little homemade things where you can hold five different beers. Right. Right. So we only had three. And I guess if you do the coconut, we had four. But I want to do five. And, you know, December 1st ends hurricane season. And I'm the meteorologist in Kansas City with cats, not dogs, but I will never put my cats on TV because we never get anything done. <laughs> Actually, you probably caught me looking down every once in a while. There's one who, who likes to just be around and he's like, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? What's going on? <laughs> but when we're talking about hurricanes, we talk about category one, category two, category three storms. But, you know, the hip meteorologist will shorten that to cat four, cat one, cat two. So I want to do a mini flight of my five cats, some who are deceased and some that are still alive, and start with like, you know, pond water for cat one, 
then go to turpentine for cat five. So the, <laughs> right, the progression like goes from one to five. And I hope to name them after five of my cats. You know, cat one is like named after tiger and cat right, two is named right. after Ariel. And it's going all the yeah, way up. That's fun. And I think that that'd be kind of fun. And the charity I would choose is one that's called the Help Humane Society. They're in Belton. And they are a true no-kill all-cat shelter. Huh. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that cats don't get the sort of respect they need. People think that cats are aloof. No, they aren't. Cats do have a personality. My cats will follow me from room to room. And they're just like dogs. They're very affectionate. But, you know, Wayside Waves and uh, Help Humane don't have the same sort of publicity. Everybody knows Wayside Waves. Right. They have enough going to them. Nothing against them. Actually, I got one of my cats from Wayside Waste, but I've gotten three of my cats from Help Humane. And so I'd like to just get them uh, some sort of money so that they can keep their doors open. So I don't know when I can do that with Tony, but yes, I do want to go through that process again. It was, it was kind of fun. And if I can lend my name out to to help bring money in for a charity, I'll do it. Right. Um, I feel like that's something you've been good at throughout your career here in Kansas City, that you've put your name with a lot of different local local charities throughout the, the metro area i know you've done a lot of work with one i'm familiar with the rainbow center there in blue springs right. um yeah I, what I, I look at it this way i'm an invited guest in your house and i'm not ashamed to say the other three that i compete against there are people who are probably gary amble fans who are not brian busby fans or gary lezak fans and not buzz or joe Loria fans and not me so if you make a conscious effort to say that this is the guy i'm going to watch and this is the guy I believe in. This is the guy I trust. And he's an invited guest in my house. Then the least I can do is try to make this whole place a, little, a lot better. Um, early on, I was asked to do the Jerry Lewis Liberty Telethon when I first got here. I did the MS-150 all the years that um, Channel 9 had it, mainly because my grandmother, my third parent, I was blessed to have mom and dad and grandma who was mom's mom who lived with us. And she had multiple sclerosis. And I saw how it went from little cane to walking with a cane to walking with two canes to walking with a walker to walking with two braces you get the idea right and i think it's true with anything if somebody comes up to you in the office and says hey bill i'm going to run this marathon for x because bill asked you to you're probably going to sign your name to it or if you have somebody in your family who is affected by x you're going to be involved with it so for me to lend the name to say give these folks some love. So yeah, whether it's um, the arts to keep the arts going um, in the schools and elsewhere, you know, that's one, the Emma Society, um, anything for, for cats and, and all animals for that matter. Um, gosh, the United Negro College Fund. I mean, just so many. So I, I try to be careful though. And I'll tell you why, Nick, because I don't want to be like, okay, what's Busby asking for now? I don't want to hurt my credibility with those organizations to say, okay, here he has his handout yet again. So I try to space them out and I try not to be involved with more than too many at a time so that all of its, my effectiveness is diluted. Because right. Jerry Lewis, when he was alive, only did one charity and he did it well. As opposed to, well, now this week I'm doing cerebral palsy and next week I'm going to, no, he did multiple or muscular dystrophy and that was the right. only one he did. Right. So the same thing, but I, I appreciate you understanding that uh, I try to live my my name out there. And yeah, the Rainbow Center is fun. That trivia night, we just did one. And this is the first year we had to do it virtually. Right, yeah. Because we couldn't have people come in. So that was kind of fun. It was interesting to do. 
Um, but it was more like what I'm uh, at home doing. You know, doing it in front of a live audience, when you hear a joke bomb, you hear the groan. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when you're in the studio and there's nobody in there, you think you're killing it. And, you know, <laughs> so that way you just keep going. It's like, yeah, I'm really hot. This is great. <laughs> and so doing the virtual t- uh, trivia night took that sort of uh, thought out of my head that, okay, right. yeah, this is kind of fun. And it's still for a good cause. And, you know, Lord only knows when we get back to the, the normal, but I can hardly wait because, yeah. you know, I, I, I've missed that interaction, that bond with folks. Well, well, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna thank you for that one in particular. We're my family's big at Rainbow Center. My sister's been a part of that since '85 and still oh, wow. goes to their adult program. So, wow, very cool. So we thank thank you for me just for that participation with that one. Uh, but that's been going a long time. I think that's the first trivia like event thing I ever knew about. Oh, really? Uh, as a teen, we wanted, but, but really? <laughs> they wow. do this now, as a contest? Did you play? Did you play? Yeah, yeah, we've did done it. Play? Yeah, we've done it several years. What's your cool. team name? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> that's a Good dumb name for a team. Yeah, that's what that's <laughs> Actually, you know, yeah. that would be a great Look, it's, what, it's whatever whatever my mother wrote down on the sheet of paper is what we did. <laughs> I think a team, if you're going to do that, was a, I honestly don't know, would be a great name gonna, for a team. I'm going to text yeah, my mother now, and like the next time we do it. <laughs> okay, there you go. Next, next mystery beer, there you go. So, so Brian, that, that beer yeah. was, was quite the hit. What do you think, man? Because, you know, yeah, 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 the, the name is lent to it, mm-hmm. but also it was pretty tasty beer. What do what, you, you know, think of all the, all the response? Um, I was shocked. Were you? I was shocked. Um, because, again, I don't know enough about beers. I don't know what a Berliner sour. <laughs> I mean, I can sound like I've heard some words like Pilsner. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So I know enough vocabulary, like some people probably know a few meteorological words to sound intelligent, but people who are in the industry can go, ah, right. are, um, <laughs> so I was, I was surprised. Um, I was surprised how many people came out because it was Halloween night. We did it. Right. And I knew a lot of folks would probably have their kids, you know, although again, it was a pandemic and there wasn't that much trick-or-treating door to door to door. I still thought there would be some resistance to coming out, being with family or being with the kids, but a lot of folks have babysitters and still came out right. uh, during the course of the evening. So it was like some constant turnover. But I was actually, honestly, not, I was in, not impressed. I was just shocked that people would like it. <laughs> and the thing that shocked me more than anything was in front of me, or even without me being in the room, because I didn't realize you guys had canned some. I just thought they were just going to be pouring right. at the bar. But there were people taking six packs and two packs home. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and they weren't doing it out of being polite. They actually enjoyed the taste of it. So I mean, no, I just, you know, I thought it. I thought it worked out well. Um, I, I liked it because if, if if for somebody who didn't like a sour, mm-hmm. that that would be a gateway because they're very not. They weren't super like. Who would say they don't like sours? I don't understand. Uh, this I don't this guy. That. But when we started this podcast, <laughs> he did not like sours. Now he's a. I've got him hooked. So <laughs> episode one, I don't like sours. Yeah. Episode two, bring him on. <laughs> <laughs> what? So what was your beer of choice then? Uh, you know, I, most anything Boulevard. I liked the Samuel Smith oatmeal stout. Uh, stout was really what I went to, but I'm a bourbon and yeah, rum guy. He's a, he's a liquor guy. So I, I like bourbon. I like rum. <laughs> Pretty sure if you there tested you my wife and I's blood, there would be a lot of rum in there. <laughs> okay. I get it. 
What you got over here? One other beer I should mention that was one of my expansions was J.W. Dundee Honey Wheat, or Honey Brown, rather. Yeah, that's a good beer. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't know if you can still get it. I haven't seen it in a long yeah, time. I, yeah, I haven't had that one in years, but I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Probably back in, you know, my first in Kansas City in the 90s, I used to drink yeah. that one, the Honey Brown. I just never uh, really paid that much attention to beer. I mean, I liked beer, but whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, like college, right? Whatever was cheap. Right. I mean, PBR. Keystone Light for a suitcase for six bucks. I mean, Curse uh, Light. Curse Light. Curse. Curse. We got there, Kers. but Hazyest Corpus, a hazy India Pale Ale from Legal Draft in Arlington. Arlington, Texas. Beer. Yep. Legal Draft. That's a cool look. Yeah, do it. It's a cool little brewery. Um, all their all their tap handles are gavels, hmm. and all their all their beer names have legal jargon. Like that one's Hazius Corpus. Get it? Hazy. Ah. <laughs> Where's the spoon? Nothing kills like an attorney joke. <laughs> Thanks, sir. Like actually, it's one of the few. It's actually it's um, Latino owned, which is one of the few, you know, minority owned breweries in, in Texas that I know of. So I, I definitely had to go pay them a visit. But it's a good, it's a good brewery, and they do some good beers. Well, I know I'm the guest, and you guys are both drinking right now, so I get to play interviewee right now for just the next few minutes. <laughs> um, what's the percentage of minority owned in this industry? Um, I think it's not good. Yeah, I think it's that's my answer. If you go, okay. if you if you go, um, yeah, all, all minorities, it's probably less than three percent huh. out of out of the six thousand. In, in the states, is that somebody in the background? Who's that? <laughs> that is the uh, the that's, owner that's the of owner. Bridge Space, the building we're oh. in. Ben Rayo. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no, there's there's not very many. Um, you know, Kansas City, that's, that's, Kansas City's different. Where mm-hmm. there's, there's there's two female owned breweries, and there's I think there's four female brewers in Kansas City. Well, and, and we just had our first. Yeah, we have our first um, black color. black. Uh, she's an assistant brewer at. Uh, at uh, Torn Label over there off of 18th in the crossroads. So she's the okay. first black assistant brewer, which has okay. never happened in Kansas City. She was on a few weeks ago, but she was a, uh, she was a shout out to Des, Des Jones. She's a very good home brewer. She was one of those brewers that you'd go to festivals and you'd go mm-hmm. look for her because she always would come with some really weird shit, but it would be like tasty. I'd be like, yeah, you need to find, I'm just find her. And, and like you, an incredible musician as well. Yeah, I mean that's the beauty, the beauty the beauty about this podcast. We find out so many things about. I'm like, I had no idea she was a musician. Musician yeah. plays like six instruments. I was like, nice. wow, and then just sees nice. one. I want to I want to pick that one up and teach myself. Yeah, that's what she <laughs> she taught herself all everything. I'm like, okay, um, so nice. You know, you might. This was we we found that people who are either cooks or or uh, uh, musicians end up to be they're pretty good brewers. So huh. you might have you, you might be doing some stuff at home. You never know. You should, you, should, you, should, you should be making your own wine if you're a wine guy. You ever made your own wine? With the time, that's the, the biggest thing with me is time. Because, Bro, you know, that's 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 the e- that's easier than beer because basically oh, you it? spend you spend like the hour prepping it and then you leave it until you bottle it. It's pretty it's okay. pretty simple. Okay, but, that'll work. Then. But you can buy like you can buy you can buy spend hundred dollars on a kit and huh. it's it's probably forty five bottles of wine. Okay. Yeah, I mean it, the that. yield is pretty good. So I think about that. And they have yeah. they have the Syrahs and you know all the all the, the styles. The different blends. Okay. Yeah, that you can do from home. 
but you know, maybe I don't know the process there because the only thing I can think of is when I see the I Love Lucy where she's stepping on the grass <laughs> and her bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't want that to be a segment on, on, on the news <laughs> well today so so how about you know obviously you're you're you've done some big things musically what's your <laughs> how'd you get into music was that something that your parents uh pushed you towards or oh yeah oh definitely there were there were parents they, they push you to sports they push you to be they just want they want to push you to anything whatever the kid wanted to do i mean that's pretty much their mantra um, so the first instrument that I was exposed to, they bought my brother and myself, my brother's five years older than me, and they brought us a piano. So my first instrument to know is piano. And that's a good one to start with. Because I mean, if you know keyboard, then you can go to guitar, you can go to sax, you can go to the strings, you can go to percussion. Makes sense to start with, with piano. But in school band, it's usually the school orchestra teacher who plays the piano to fill in all the instruments that aren't you know played like if there are four trumpets and no trombones he'll play the trombone part on the piano just so it fills out mm -hmm. so i couldn't play piano in school band so i had to go to an instrument and i wanted to play clarinet but all the clarinets had already been taken out so i had to go to trumpet but then my four thinking parents decided <laughs> to put braces on their teeth <laughs> It is very difficult to keep that mouthpiece up against your lips and not turning the inside of your lips into Swiss cheese. Right. Yeah. So, because of my piano background, I went to the percussion section because you don't have to use your mouth, you use your hands, which makes perfect sense. And, you know, I played the mallet stuff like xylophone, glockenspiel, that kind of stuff. And one piece of music had um, timpani slash bells. And it was the fireworks music by Handel as an arrangement. And I had no idea what timpani was. So I asked the band director, Mr. Morse, who I still keep in touch with on Facebook, Mr. Morse, <laughs> um, what's timpani? And he said, you see those things over in the corner under those brown covers? And I'm like, yes. Those are called timpani. Those are kettle drums. Huh? What's a kettle drum? <laughs> and so he gave me this book and to take home and read. And I've got the, the horrible curse for those who are musicians, this thing called perfect pitch. You know? <laughs> You guys know Perfect Pitch by any chance? It's, thing, it's things I am jealous of. Okay. The best way to describe Perfect Pitch, and this happened by accident, my piano teacher was playing something, and I started playing when the pianos face each other. So she's playing something, I couldn't see her hands, and I started playing it by ear. And so she hit a note, and I hit the same note. Perfect Pitch is I can hear and identify a tone by just hearing it. Wow. And I know that sounds simplistic, but it's it's not really that simplistic. And it's a curse because you don't want perfect pitch when you hear a junior high choir singing Silent Night. <laughs> because they don't stay in tune. <laughs> they start with sleep in heavenly peace. And they don't quite get as high as they need to, you know. <laughs> they swoop up there and they just kind of miss it. So with perfect pitch and because timpani is tuned, you know that, right? Timpani are tuned. So that's why you always see the Tempens putting his ear down to the drum to make sure that he's going to be in tune with the rest of the orchestra when he comes back or he or she enters again. So when the braces came off the teeth, I just stayed in the percussion section. And so I'm blessed to be able to play in a couple of professional orchestras in and around Kansas City in addition to the day job. So I get to do both, which is kind of fun. So where, where have you played? Tell us what, what you've done. Ooh, um, well, if you're talking playing, uh, every year before the symphony took it over, there was a 
um, performance of Handel's Messiah, the whole thing, all two and a half, three hours worth. Mm-hmm. You know, people know the Hallelujah Chorus, but there are three parts to that. So there's an Easter part and a Christmas part. I mean, it's a long work. Not much for timpani, but they would hire out an orchestra, and that would be done at the RODS Auditorium, now known as the Community of Christ Auditorium in Independence. I played that. Uh, I conducted an orchestra in Carnegie Hall, which is kind of fun. Wow. Cool. Um, gosh, the Kaufman Center is such an amazing place to play. It is an amazing place acoustically. Uh, I don't know if you've gone to see something at the Kaufman, which you've been blessed to be on stage at the Kaufman. I was asked to be one of the three or four MCs the night of the gala. And uh, what they did is they got Charlie Parker's saxophone, the plastic saxophone that's on display at the Jazz Museum. Mm-hmm. They got it out of the case and gave it to Dr. Watson, Bobby Watson, who was the professor of woodwinds at right. UMKC. And he played that horn with the UMKC Jazz Orchestra. And they wanted me to come out there and introduce. I was one of, like I said, four hosts. And backstage was Isaac Perlman. Oh, my gosh. He's kind of cool. <laughs> Adana Crawl. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is wow. Beautiful. Anyway, yeah. so I go out on stage. And the voice of God behind stage, please welcome to the stage, Brian Busby. You know, some other people are clapping. But the acoustics are so good in that hall. Not only is it good from the stage to the audience, it's equally as good from the audience to stage. So here I am standing. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. And I can see in the first two or three rows, these ladies saying, he's not short and fat at all. (laughs) (laughs) As plain as day, I hear this. Good evening. (laughs) and for a split second i stopped because i'm like listening to their conversation about my weight (laughs) i was like ryan keep talking you know but it is a phenomenal place to play the acoustics are incredible and yeah it's been fun so you you still get to play much are you playing well with covid no um but yeah the the kinor philharmonic i play with and that's the resident artist and residents out of the jewish community center professional orchestra. I play with the Liberty Symphony, which is another gig up in Liberty. And I play with the Kansas City Civic Orchestra, which usually plays out at the Atonement Lutheran Church out in Oakland Park off Metcalf. And those are the three that keep me busy. And quite frankly, that's enough for my hobby. So that's why I don't know if I could fit in winemaking right. or even beer. Well, because you know, what... the winemaking's passive. You could do it. <laughs> okay, Set it and forget it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It seems like yeah. you you like to be busy. Yeah, I do. I get bored easy. So, I mean, it's not that, but, you know, being a meteorologist, it's kind of tough not to be curious about how things are much bigger than you are, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. I think people think that those of us on TV, and I can't speak about everybody on television, but this guy on television, um, it's a job. I love what I do. I'm flattered that I, I do what I do, but I know I'm a human being. <laughs> right. <laughs> makes any sense. And uh, you put the pants on one leg at a time. I did not hang the moon and the stars. You know, I was joking. And I think people could tell I was joking about the limousine that dropped me off at uh, (laughs) Windshift. It was an entourage of five vehicles. But, you know, not just (laughs) But um, so I it's tough to be uh, an atheist and a meteorologist. Because, I mean, you're just in awe of this stuff. You just feel insignificant. Right. And, and you, you just, you know that you don't have all the answers. One thing I will admit, when I'm wrong about a forecast, I'm not going to sweep it under the rug. I'll say, hey, 
I I'm wrong. <laughs> you know? Because who else is expected to be 100% right with everything they do? If people were 100% accurate with everything they do, why in God's name do we have the backspace on the keyboard? <laughs> fair. So That's if fair. you use it, why the hell don't you think I need it? You know? <laughs> now, again, if you're arrogant and pompous and conceited, you think, well, I don't need that. But I'm not. I'm human. And I tell people, it's not that I'm a failure of being a meteorologist. I'm just human like the people I serve. And that's the other thing. I view this as a service. I try not to use, although sometimes the folks who write our commercials want me to say my forecast. Right. And I say your forecast. And they say, no, no, Brian, that's the word my. I say, no, it's your forecast. And the reason I say that is if I'm a chef and I have this great seafood tortellini recipe, it's my recipe, but it's your meal. Right. So I'm preparing the forecast for you, like you were saying making the beer for you so it's my recipe but it is for your benefit for you right so that's why you'll hear me on tv say here's your forecast and uh, i finally got those folks who write those commercials to say okay well that makes sense but you know, did you did you ever did you ever when you were younger did you you got on tv did you ever have the big head oh ever? yeah <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> absolutely and if you remember me at 17, freshman in college, don't even have the degree yet, and I'm already in market number 12, Yeah, but sucking on TV. <laughs> but you were still on TV, Devin. You, on you TV. couldn't tell that to the 17-year-old Brian Busby. No. Uh, uh, great. Until, again, you read the call sheet and you say, get this guy off the air. So, yeah, I got uh, Sure. And there'd be times that I would want to be recognized everywhere I go. And it's flattering, but it's not easy. Okay, I got to tell you this story. I don't know how much more time we have, but um, do you remember the playoff game between the Chiefs and the Indianapolis Colts where Lynn Elliott, our kicker, missed three field goals? Yeah, and if we yeah. made just one, we would have won the game. Do you remember yeah, that? Right. That particular day, it was just frigid, like 20 below zero wind chill. It was just horrible. And Harris Faulkner, who's now on Fox News, she needed somebody to go with to the game, as I sure heard. And she got us into the Price Chopper Suite. So here we are watching the game, comfortable in the Price Chopper Suite. The ladies had commandeered both bathrooms in the suite. <laughs> so I had to go to the trough. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those now, troughs. They were terrible. Now, ladies, if you don't know, there's this thing called the trough. So they're not... <laughs> Stalls, petitions, yeah. it is a trough. Yeah. The rules of engagement are simple. <laughs> you come up to the to the wall, you look face forward, you take care of business, you leave. You right? Move on, move on. <laughs> rules of engagement. Well, here I am taking care of business, and a guy I have to stumbles in. Okay? <laughs> so he stumbles in. Arrowhead guy. Standing right next to me. <laughs> He glances over, Brian Busby, but he's still... Oh, no. <laughs> no. no way. <laughs> Uh-oh. Did we lose him? He's frozen. You still there? So, oh, there we go. I have yeah, to go back. You, you, you froze for a second there. You're still frozen, uh, but we, we can kind of hear uh, you. In the trough. <laughs> and pee. So I sit out in the seats 
And for the rest of the game, I'm out there to hope this stuff refreezes, which it does. <laughs> and so what's funny is some people come out to me and say, you are a diehard fan to be out here. I'm like, yeah, hey, if you only knew the reason I'm really out here. <laughs> so the rest of the game, I watched it out there. And um, the game we lost, everybody's in a bad mood. I drove to get us to Arrowhead. And so I didn't turn on the heat in my Jeep. <laughs> and Harris was getting cold. And so she said, oh, let me turn on the heat. All of a sudden, she's like, that smell sniff, sniff sniff what was that and i had to tell her and so she's <laughs> laughing her ass off thinking it's hilarious and so whenever i have interns who are cocky and think i want to be on tv i want to be recognized everywhere i go let me tell you a story <laughs> and then they kind of go maybe i don't want that so like, yeah ding 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 <laughs> but everything's good in moderation there are times that you want to be recognized and nobody gives you the time of day there are times you just want to take care of business and people want to stop so. Well, I will but, say that um, when you're at Windshift, when you left, people were like, oh, he's just so nice because you would actually go and talk to people, which is kind of unusual for somebody that's a public figure. Most, most of the time, people are, are bugging you, right? But you actually got up and went and talked to some people at, at the bar, which I thought was cool. And well, they appreciated but, that. Well, again, they're my customer. And I don't get an opportunity oh. to talk to my customer. Right. There you go. Because... There's this glass thing and this camera taking a picture of me that's broadcasting into your house. So I right. never get a chance to say hello, right. to say thank you. So that's my way of doing it. And, you know, it's the toughest thing, honestly, that I'm talking about. And that was a question that uh, Nick or Nigel, I forget which one of you guys asked it, how things have changed since. I think it was you, Nick, that asked. One of the weirdest things now is how to take care of your customer without coming across as arrogant. What I'm talking about is the selfie mm -hmm. because you don't want to come across as, Hey, I know you want a selfie of me to come across. <laughs> like, no, I'm good. As opposed to somebody says, God, I don't know how to ask him. Right. So what I would do is I'll say, I'll open the door and say, I don't know if you want this or not. I'm just going to put it out there. If you'd like to take a selfie, I'd be more than happy to do. And nine times out of 10, like, Oh my God, I didn't know how to ask you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then there's some people like, no, I'm good. Just meeting you is enough. So, but, you know, that's been a tough thing, just how to, to handle that. Uh, I think, I, just to be oh, a little... He's oh, back. Oh, oh, there we go. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I think we need... That's a hard thing, what? though, in the journalism, in our industry as journalists now, though, is to try to keep that connection, I think, with mm -hmm. our local. Because there's, as you said before, you know, there's so many different choices out there now and everything else that makes it hard for people to judge what the news does Right. You know, how do we keep that connection locally with, with our customers, with our people? That's, that's a hard thing for us to do. It is, but that means we have to go up and beyond what we used to do because we're one of four choices and now we're one of a bazillion, including, you know, people Googling stuff. And there's so much misinformation out there and it's kind of tough to, to try to um, bleed through all the, the difference or differences that are going on out there. They're being presented to people. So, yeah. Um, and there are so many fewer local reporters now, whether you're yeah. talking print or TV, even. I mean, there's just, sure. there's so fewer, and that connection, I think, to the people is, is, is really lost. And that, and that makes it yeah. harder. It, it makes it more difficult. And didn't we do a story not too long ago that uh, the star is cutting staff even more? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The print print yeah, process so. is moving up to Iowa. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. In that beautiful building that's right off of uh, the downtown loop. That would make you a know, great brewery. 
Yeah, I keep, that would make I a great brewery. That. Ever drive? I love you, a beautiful brewery. <laughs> At one time, Shannon and I was thinking about moving into that building before we built our new building out. Really? Uh, off of 435, yeah, which would have been great. See, one thing I do miss about being off of uh, 63rd and 435 is the fact that when we broke ground on that and we were there, um, within two weeks, they said, hey, guess what's going in? Power and light. And the reason we moved out there is because we needed fiber optics and fiber optics weren't available right. downtown yet. Right. But then when we broke ground, two weeks later, we find out, okay, great, it's going in. <laughs> and imagine all the eateries, all the eateries that we would have had a choice of within walking distance. Yeah, because there's nothing right. where you guys are at the station right. now. There's nothing You know, yeah, Applebee's. <laughs> and this. Uh, the high V grill, which is nice, but Buffalo Wild Wings we have, but they closed. And there's some mom and pop Mexican and uh, right, right. Eastern restaurants there, but yeah, it's it's slim pickings, more so than what you have down, you know, Drunken Fish and some of the other stuff in Power and Light, which have been nice. Yeah, that would that would have been cool if the station was down there, because even yep. even with, at the old station, I mean, there were places you could walk to downtown. So yep. that, that yep. was kind of yep. cool. Yep. That was kind of cool. Fun. Yep. Nick, you ready for this last beard? And we'll, we'll I think we, we got one more, one more, and then we'll let Brian go. He's got he's got to go yell at his uh, contractors. <laughs> yeah, I keep looking out the window at him. <laughs> hey, I keep waiting for you to throw something at him. Oh. Have you have you visited any other breweries, uh, Brian, in Kansas City? Uh, you, have you been to any others? Um, Boulevard. I've done the Boulevard tour. Um, Chris, why am I blanking on his name? Is it Chris Myers? Yeah, from Crane. Crane, yes. Yep. Um, brought me a whole case of stuff at the station. <laughs> and I see him down every once in a while. Um, those two. Um, those are the only two that I've actually visited. Anything uh, Anything that stands out from Crane? Have you ever had their, their beet beer? No. That one. They, uh, beet Vice. It's, it's made with actual beets. It's quite red and colorful and stains hmm. things, but it's pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, if if I can dig one up, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll find Please. you one. Yeah, it's a seasonal Please. thing, but it's if you like beets, you'll love it. If you don't like beets, yeah. and it's a sour, it's a sour beer. Okay, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you would probably. I feel like you know, just the beers that you did. I think you kind of like. As I tell people, one of the stories I tell, I'm like Brian likes sours, and you mm-hmm. do because I've I've had him taste some other things at the brewery. He's like, no, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, you're kind of trending to the sour side of the beer. So, but you know that's okay though. Okay. What we got there, Nick? I, I like this one. Right, drunk, edit sober. <laughs> what? Repeat that, please. It's right, called, drunk, edit sober. It's called right, drunk, drunk. edit sober. <laughs> oh, right, as in double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, fat orange cat. It's got a big giant pencil yeah. beer thing on. Oh, it's it's, a, it's got a cat on there, Brian. Look at that. It is. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. What is this? That's a hard to read label. Twelve percent <laughs> beer project. New England India Pale Ale. Very good. All right, crack it open. Here we go. You have yet? You have yet? Have you had? Uh, yeah, you like that sound? Have you tried uh-huh. very many, very many IPAs, or do you dig them? Don't. Um. Depends. It just depends. Yeah. I mean, I'll be open to it for sure, but I think I need a guide. Somebody to take the time and say, no, this is not you. I, I mean, I just know that the heavier the beer, the more I don't like it. I know that for a fact. Gotcha. I mean, J- James, or no, I'm sorry, was it Guinness? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You think that's you think that's heavy? Well, that's a loaf of bread. For me. 
For you, gotcha. <laughs> That's a loaf of bread. Yeah. <laughs> it's a loaf of bread combined with motor oil. It's like, no. <laughs> No. The funny, the funny thing about that, if you had some of a, some, some of Tony's stouts, because Guinness is on the the light light end of body and taste. Really? Oh, absolutely. It's you know, it's a five point two percent beer. It's okay. it's light in body. It's not going to be super malty or chocolatey or roasty. Yeah, there's yeah. Well, yeah, you I might you know, might not like the other spectrum, other side of the spectrum. <laughs> Probably not. And when I do the uh, the cat one through five, I know that I'm not going to like probably cat four and five. Right. I'll probably stick to cat one, two, and three. But I know there may be other people who want to go all the way to cat five. But you know, it's funny though because a lot of brewers we talk to, some of the styles. Let's take um, Rodney up at three halves in Liberty. He's like, well, I don't like all the styles I have to brew. I have to brew for the customer. <laughs> He's like, it's not about me. I don't have to like the style. I just have to prove it. So, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, kind of the same. This is good. Mm-hmm. I like this. It looks like orange juice. Look how orange like that orange is. Juice. It's okay. very good. It's, it's a little citrusy. It's very, it. it's very fluffy, if you will. Fluffy. Like, what's the name of that comedian who calls himself fluffy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like if you made your orange juice with a blender. Ah, okay. So it's going to be like Orange Julius. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. What do you think of that? I like that. It yeah. is a little citrusy. Yeah, I like it a lot. Got some body to it. Uh, the uh, the the slush was my favorite of the day, though. Yeah, Mister, I didn't. I don't like sours. I don't know who would say that. <laughs> <laughs> only an, only an idiot would say that. So, Brian, um, if people wanted to follow you on social media, where do they find you? Uh, let's see here now. Um, the Brian Busby on Facebook is the fan page. Um, Brian Busby KMBC is on Twitter. B Buzzman eight is on Instagram. Okay. Those and then the if they want to find him on TV, they can find him on channel nine. JMBC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weeknights. So are you doing yeah. like, I, I, we were texting the other night and you're like, I'm about to uh-huh. go on the air. Are you doing like a nine as well? Yeah. We started that on the CW a few years ago. It's now an hour long. It used to be just a half hour, but now we've done what a four o'clock for an hour until five, five is network news, six o'clock for a half hour. Then come back and do the nine and ten. So now I'm doing four, five, six, nine, and ten. Wow! I think That's we're going to. Day. It is a long day, but I think we're going to probably split up a little bit now that we've added a noon show on Channel Twenty Nine. Oh, so really? probably what we're going to do is have Neville at least the three days he's in, since he's the weekend meteorologist, because he's working today. Since we're recording this on a Saturday, he works Saturday and Sunday. Um, he is um, going to do the noon three days a week during the week, which means he'll probably do the noon four and five. Then I'll do the just the six, nine, and ten. Those three days he's in to at least lighten the load a little bit. So that'll be good. Isn't it interesting that the back in the day the new news was a thing, then it went away, and now mm-hmm. it's back. It's back. <laughs> do you feel I like you're still that, figuring out all of the the extra channels now? Now that we've gone digital, are, are, are we still figuring that out? Oh, sure we are. Oh yeah, in Gunsmoke and Brady Bunch on you know. The, 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 the dots, seven. the dots, the dots are the that's some of the best program program programming out there man i'm telling you so what, what was this i watching, watching today i don't even know what i was watching but it was it was from old school but i dig it but when we have to cover up for severe weather oh man those yeah. people who are watching yeah you know bonanza yeah. are like put bonanza back on i don't care whoa <laughs> that's that's, that's like i always tell the story of the one the one time i moved the crossword in a paper from one corner oh. of the page to another and that was the, probably one of the worst mistakes in my entire newspaper career. <laughs> well, people, they're creatures of habit. They are. So, Nick, yeah. where can they find us, sir? 
You can find the Beers with Nigel podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or most any of your favorite podcast apps. And you can go to beerswithnigel.com. Hey, we got merch now. You can go buy even some holiday Beers with Nigel PJs. And you know what we forgot to do? Shout out to our our sponsors are Dire Oil Graphics. Your trusted partner for all your branding needs. They specifically like working with brewers. So if you want to get get your brand out there, get some swag, go talk to our friends, Ronnie and Rachel at direoilgraphics.com. Dire, dire old. You know, we're, we're new at this whole sponsor thing with yeah, this show, and yeah. so we stumble through it all the time. Well, you can also find us the video version. I tell the people the video version is way more fun than the audio because you get to see people act out. So when Brian makes these voices, we can see his face, which is <laughs> and you can see the crew still working. And we see and you get to see you get to see the you know the special guest on the podcast. <laughs> so Facebook.com beers with Nigel. You can always fi- find us there. Uh, where else? Where and else are we? I think that's where we that's, are. That's where. We, well, we're working on a new YouTube page because the video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, we're gonna go put all the videos on YouTube. So you know, that's you know, that's the fun part of of the podcast is nice. the video. It's the video. Hey, Brian, we appreciate you coming on, man. I know we've. Oh, thanks for having we've, me. We've had yeah, to yeah. have to negotiate it a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to say the last time I was at, at Windshift, I think there was one of your beers left. Two or two are already gone. So oh, wow. <laughs> I, I'm going, I'm going tonight. We'll see if there's any left, but it, it was definitely a hit. And it was fun to have you over there and give you the brew day. And, you know, I, as I told people, I, people loved it. I was like, Brian did all the things. They're like, he did. I'm like, yeah, he came to work. <laughs> that's why i'm probably gonna put that on and give you guys a link to it so people can see it yeah that'd be awesome we'll, th- we'll throw it on our page now it was uh it was a, a fun day but we paid him in beer he was fine well there you go <laughs> like yeah. we'll work for booze i think that's always a good negotiating tool and so yeah those burps were real <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this it's great thanks for coming on it's a it's a whole new side of of the brian busby that those of us who have watched you on the news to get to see so thank yep. you My pleasure, guys. We'll see you soon. Take care. All right, bye-bye. You've been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff, hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, providing bumper-to-bumper graphic design, promo products, and print services. Find them at direoil.com. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network and is available on all of your favorite podcast flavors. Find Beers with Nigel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and ask Alexa to play the Beers with Nigel podcast.